My message today is entitled, Redeemed by the Blood of the Lamb. Luke 24, verse 1. Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how He spoke to you when He was still in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. He is not here. He is risen. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, has redeemed us by His blood and is risen from the dead to give us new life. And we know throughout Scripture that God commands us to tell the story and to keep telling the story to the world. And yet we know that many have closed their minds to the truth. Therefore, I ask, is there a refreshing way based on Scripture? Is there a refreshing way to tell the story that the world might know the good news of Jesus Christ and that our Redeemer lives? We say these words often, but do we fully know all that was redeemed? As we go deeper into Scripture, we see how some of these heavenly promises of God may be connected symbolically in ways that we haven't even realized. Ephesians 1, verse 7. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. It is by His blood, the blood of Christ, shed from Gethsemane to Calvary, that we are redeemed. Our sins have been atoned for, and we have been forgiven and made whole. Yet the power of His blood and its redemptive role have greater meaning than most realize. If you came to our Good Friday service, we came to know and understand how the crucifixion was fully prophesied and God-ordained thousands of years before it happened. In fact, if you weren't here, I encourage you to go on our website and listen to the message. It was a very unique Good Friday service. In the entire service, there was not one gospel or not one New Testament passage quoted. It was all based on the Old Testament of what God told said exactly would happen. God, from the very beginning, has sought to give the truth for those who are willing to listen. And today, we're going to examine how the crucifixion and the resurrection is connected to heavenly promises in the future. Therefore, we ask the Holy Spirit to enlighten our understanding of our Messiah, Yeshua, and our heavenly home, which finds its procurement through the blood of Jesus. Now, we all know the power of the cross, for this was the implement that was used to kill our Lord Jesus Christ. But there were other elements of the sacrifice as well. All of these elements, which we will study today, 
interacted with the blood of Jesus. In each of these items, we see symbolic connections in the book of Revelation. This is where we turn to see John's heavenly vision and to hear the Jesus, what he told John to write to the seven churches. To each church, Jesus gave a warning on being faithful to the Lord until He comes again. And to each church, He also promised a gift to those who overcome. It's important to note, however, that we don't overcome by our own strength or our own logic or our own ability or wisdom. The Bible is clear on how we all overcome. Revelations 12:11. And they overcame Him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Indeed, it is the blood of the Lamb combined with the word of our testimony, empowered by the Holy Spirit, which gives us the victory to overcome. Jesus loved us enough to die for us that we might share that testimony of our redemption and know the power of His blood to allow us to overcome. Therefore, today we take a look at each of these promises showing their connection to the sacrifice that Jesus has made for us. In the book of Revelation, Jesus spoke first to the church of Ephesus. Revelation 2, verse 7, Jesus says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. To those who overcome, God will give to eat from the tree of life, the Garden of Eden. The paradise of God opens back up and is made available to us once again by what Jesus did on this first resurrection day. Why a tree? Because a tree played a role in the redemption process. 1 Peter 2.24 Speaking of Jesus, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Jesus was crucified on a tree. We know it as the cross. But as his blood was shed on the cross, in effect, the tree brought redemption. For once sin entered mankind, the tree of life was off limits to us. But now because of Christ's sacrifice, which atoned for sin, we may eat of the tree of life once again. How fitting it is that this first promised gift is the tree of life, returning us to the center of God's creation. This divine truth has been told in words and in song. In that old rugged cross, stained with blood so divine, a wondrous beauty I see. For twas on that old cross Jesus suffered and died to pardon and sanctify me. Well, the second church that Jesus spoke to was the church of Smyrna. Notice what He promised them in Revelation 2, verses 10 and 11. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. To those who overcome, they will receive the crown of life and thus will not be hurt by the second death. For this crown brings us the abundant life with the Lord. But I ask you, why the crown? 
because it was redeemed by His blood. Mark 15, verse 17. And they clothed Him with purple, and they twisted a crown of thorns and put it on His head and began to salute Him. Hail, King of the Jews. They twisted a crown of thorns as they mocked Him and continued to persecute Jesus. And as that thorny crown pierced His brow, the blood of Jesus redeemed that crown that we might wear the crown of life, acknowledging Him as the true King of kings. Crown Him the Lord of love. Behold His hands inside. Rich wounds yet visible above in beauty glorified. All hail, Redeemer, hail! For Thou hast died for me. Thy praise and glory shall not fail throughout eternity. These are the words that we sing. The third church that Jesus spoke to was the church of Pergamos. Revelation 2.17 He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna to eat. And I will give him a white stone. And on the stone a new name written, which no one knows except him who receives it. There are two things that are promised to those who overcome here. First, they are given some of the, some of the hidden manna to eat. Manna was given to sustain and to nourish, to strengthen and to revitalize us. It is a picture of the truth in his word. While his word did not need to be redeemed because it has retained its power from the beginning, the truth of His Word has been hidden for many. That is why Jesus often said these same words in His Gospels. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. When He taught with parables. His life-changing truth was hidden in the parables and the analogies that He shared. Isn't it interesting that to each of the seven churches, Jesus begins with these same words. He who has an ear, let him hear. In the same way He gives us, Jesus gives us greater revelation of His Word that we might be strengthened and revitalized. Now, manna stands for how the Lord speaks to the heart of His redeemed with vital words, scriptures, and scriptural revelation that minister to, directly to our particular needs or circumstances. But also, He promises to give those who overcome a white Stone. Why a stone? Because it has been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. After Jesus died on the cross, His body was taken down and given to Joseph of Arimathea, and it was prepared for burial. Luke 23, verse 52. And it was laid in a tomb, and which was hewn out of the rock, where no one had laid before. This tomb cut out of the rock was where they laid His blood-covered body. And when He arose on that glorious resurrection Sunday, this tomb of stone played a role in the redemption process. This white stone that Jesus promises represents a clean slate, which all of us dearly need and desire when we come to Jesus. For we have been forgiven by the blood of the Lamb. And this new name that we all share is forgiven. There's a new name written down in glory. And it's mine, oh yes, it's mine. And the white-robed angels sing the story, a sinner has come home. 
For there's a new name written down in glory, and it's mine. Oh yes, it's mine. With my sins forgiven, I am bound for heaven. Never more to roam. Another classic hymn that we share. The fourth church Jesus speaks to is the church of Thyatira. Revelations 2, 26 and 27. And he who overcomes and keeps my works until the end, to him I will give the power over the nations. He shall rule them with a rod of iron. They shall be dashed to pieces like the potter's vessels as I also have received from my Father. So I ask you, why a rod of iron? Because iron is part of the redemption story. We know that when Jesus was crucified, they pounded nails into his hands and his feet. Roman custom tells us that these nails were made of iron. Indeed, this iron was touched by his blood. And this power that he gives us over the nation is from the power of his blood. This transfer of power away from the enemy who thinks that they are wielding it right now, this transfer of power and all against the enemy, against us, and all who come to God. It was prophesied hundreds of years ago by Daniel. Daniel 7:27. Then the sovereignty, power, and greatness of all the kingdoms under heaven will be handed over to the holy people of the Most High. His kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom and all rulers will worship and obey Him. They think they're having their glory now. They have no idea what's in store when the glory of God rules. By the blood of the Lamb and the power in His name, He has given us all authority to take His kingdom to the ends of the earth. That is exactly what we are called to do this day, to announce the good news of His resurrection. The blood that Jesus shed for me way back on Calvary. That blood that gives me strength from day to day. It will never lose its power. It reaches to the highest mountains. It flows to the lowest valley. The blood that gives me strength from day to day. It will never lose its power. The fifth church was the church of Sardis. To this church, Jesus gave the following promise. Revelation 3, verse 5. He who overcomes shall be clothed with white garments. And I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. We will be clothed by garments of white. Why? You know the answer. Because they have been redeemed. Jesus' bloody garments were put back on him after he was scourged and beat by Roman soldiers. Indeed, these garments have been redeemed so that those who overcome are clothed in white garments of righteousness. And for all who turn from their sins and accept the sacrifice that Jesus has made on our behalf, justified by Christ, as His redeemed, we put on His righteousness so that we can stand with God our Father as our names are read in that book of life. Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusting in His grace this hour? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood? In the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? 
Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? The sixth church in the book of Revelation was the church of Philadelphia. And Jesus gave this promise in Revelation 3.12. He who overcomes, I will make him be a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God, and I will write on him my new name. The promise here is that God will write his name upon us. How was the name of God redeemed at the cross? Do you remember the nameplate that was nailed to the cross? John 19, verse 19. Now Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross. And the writing was, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. The people mocked this title of Jesus as King because they were expecting an earthly king with their expectations of how this king should reign. Yet as Jesus died for our sins and rose from the dead, he redeemed the name of God as Lord of heaven and earth, the King of kings and Lord of all. Indeed, his name is honored above all names in heaven and on earth. Philippians 2, 9 and 10. Therefore God has also highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth. Jesus, the name above every name, is written on those who overcome. Hallelujah. And with His new name written upon us, indeed we are redeemed. Redeemed. How we love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed through His infinite mercy, His child and forever I am. Redeemed, redeemed, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed, redeemed, His child and forever I am. And finally, to the seventh church at Laodicea, Jesus declares in Revelation 3.21, To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my Father on His throne. The promise here is that to those who overcome, we are granted to sit with Him in heavenly places, meaning we come into a union with Christ Himself. We become part of the body and become one with Him. It was not only the physical body of Jesus that was redeemed and glorified when He rose from the dead but also the body of Christ, which we are now part of, has been redeemed so that we can come into eternal union with our Redeemer, Christ the Lord. We are brought near by the blood of Jesus to sit with Him on His throne and reign with Him for all eternity. By His blood, all things have been redeemed and made new. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if any was... Anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. This is what we celebrate today on Resurrection Sunday, the empty tomb, 
the new life for all who come to Jesus, and the promise of eternity with our heavenly Redeemer and Lord and Savior. As we celebrate the resurrection this day, let us fully acknowledge and never forget what Jesus did for us. Even while we were still sinners and separated from God, Ephesians 2.13 says this, But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Up from the grave He arose with a mighty triumph o'er His foes. He rose a victor from the dark domain and He lives forever with His saints to reign. He arose. He arose. Hallelujah! Christ arose. If you can identify with the fact that we are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, that our Redeemer lives this day, Heavenly Father blesses us as we share the good news of the open tomb this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Be blessed. Have a fantastic day and week.